Welcome to Boom Talk Studios on a most overcast afternoon, deep in the heart of South Eugene, fox trotting in a foxhole, episode three, season three, number 67 overall. Faithful host Ken Harlan here with another episode of what's going on in the week of sports for the week ending September 3rd. Hard to believe that it's September already. Football, which is pretty exciting. A lot going on today, tomorrow. Um, let's see here. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme song and the music featured in the shows. Also, the folks at Rode and Zoom providing wonderful tools for content creation. And let's see here. Thank our sponsors, all the help we can get. Having to do a little test here. This is kind of the second time we're running this. So I don't have my usual effects, so you're going to bear with me. As we're trying to sort out some issues that we've been having with some of the recordings with our main console. Anyways, it's time for the COVID Chronicles. Of course, without the music, it's not as fun. But yes, COVID, long um, outline this week. Um, as always, still on the Peloton, still in the nightclubs, still in the bars, still in the stadiums, arenas. And the schools, unfortunately, and that's real unfortunate because I always felt that was going to be the scariest thing that could happen is having an outbreak with the kids. Um, I know, in a week where a place like Germany comes out and basically says, <laughs> ban the unvaccinated. You know, basically just saying, oh, hell no. No ticket, no laundry when it comes to this party, so... Crazy stuff going on in this world. Keep an eye on that. We know. We know. I'm always talking trash about the uh, old timers boxing league of folks who should be doing something else besides stepping in the ring. And we find out this week that you know Oscar De La Hoya, who had a big fight coming up, he's in the hospital recovering. Got a bad dip case of this stuff, and. Uh, Obviously, not necessarily in the fight of his life, but it's definitely a battle, enough for him to be hospitalized. Once again, folks, this is no joke out there. Continue to be safe. Um, it's hitting all kinds of folks. NBA comes out this week and also says they're going to require all personnel to be vaccinated. Players excluded, of course. And, you know, there's all of these big stuff going on everywhere this week. But I thought it was interesting. I was thinking that, you know, you can't force the players, the talent. But what they're going to do to sort of continue to put the pressure on the players is subject them to very harsh protocols. Saying if you don't want to get vaxxed, you're going to have to deal with very strict protocols. You know, so I don't think you're going to be happy about that. But that's just the way it's going to have to play. Especially... If you're trying to balance relations as far as management, league, and the players are concerned and make sure you don't hurt feelings of your star talent. Crazy, but that's the way it goes. That it was kind of interesting that A-Rodge, you know, that A-Rodge, the little 12, not the big 12, the little 12, he came out and said, you know, kind of stuck up with the anti-vaxxers and said it's a personal choice, which we say here as well. Not that we agree with the results of that and think it's kind of selfish and reckless. I thought that was kind of interesting to see A-Raj come out there, but he's trying to be a friend to all. So 
kind of makes sense for him to take a stance like that, I suppose, right? And another thing that was kind of controversial that came out this week as far as the COVID Chronicles was concerned is when Urban Meyer kind of like let it out that vaccination status had played a role in determining the final cuts. Well, just like the situation with Buffalo earlier in the year when they came out with Tough Talk, you notice that Urban had to walk that back. Just like, oh, well, maybe not so much so. Obviously, it does. I mean, I think the situation with Cam Newton, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, you know, there's, more, there's, there's talk about him that part of his release is tied to him not being vaccinated. I don't quite believe that. I think there's other reasons there. But now that, that specter is part of the deal, expect to see more of it, expect that to really be part of the conversation. You know, case in point, with the Astros and the Nationals both being the you know coming out becoming you know the first MLB teams to mandate being vaccinated being vaccinated as a condition of employment, and lo and behold, Nationals vice president Bob Boone, yeah that Bob Boone, father of Aaron and Brett, son of Ray, he's going to resign his position as the Nationals because he's not vaccinated and he doesn't want to go along with the Nationals' new mandate. Now, I know that he's probably made lots of coin over time, so I don't want to sit here and get all <laughs> wagging my finger, but it's just like, man, you turned down a good job, especially a lot of us folks who are always looking for better employment, especially those of us who love a job in the sports world as an executive because you don't want to get vaxxed. Man, it takes a lot of stones in this climate but yet, here we are. Never thought we would see it come down to this. But yeah, people are willing. You've heard players say, is it worth it if I have to, if this is being forced upon me? Yeah, as, as head-scratching as it is. But yeah, this is where we are. All I mean, and this is all over the place, right? You know, we see that Johnny Bench just tested positive for COVID-19, which means he will miss going to Cooperstown for the induction. I know that's a big deal to him, and it's kind of a bummer. We just saw that Jaron Duran of the Red Sox becomes the ninth player in the past week in their roster. I guess it's up to 40, something like that. It's been added to the COVID-19 list. Crazy. The Cubs just had a couple of players test positive for COVID-19. Not sure if these are unvaccinated people or whether or not these are breakthrough cases. Really scary stuff, especially in that population. Healthy people. Um, you have the Sharks associate coach, Rocky Thompson. He's got he's stepping down. He had an exemption which will allow him not to take the vaccine, but that still goes against the club's mandate. So I guess to defuse the situation, he is stepping back from his role as associate head coach. Kind of a bummer there, but once again, this is where this is all leading to. Um, Jamison Crowder, the Jets, formerly of the Washington football team. He just tested positive. We'll probably miss the opener next week. Remember I was talking last week about uh, Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKinney of the Bills getting hassled as far as, you know, another league that has very strict protocols for the unvaccinated. As soon as he took a 15K hit for a mask violation, well, he just said, okay, if that's how you're going to play and you're going to start messing with my money, I'll go get vaccinated. 
It's one way to get people to see the light is to start messing with the money. We talked about that last week. We reiterate that again this week. Heck yeah. Um, you know, as far as the NFL teams go, the Colts had an outbreak this week, and I'm guessing, I'm not sure if Wentz was actually, uh, I don't think he was. He probably, more of a, probably a contract thing, contract tracing. But yeah, I think Wentz is one of those, because just obviously he's been taken off the COVID-19 list, but I don't think he actually was infected. Um... Isaiah McKinney, and like I said, let's see, but the Colts. Oh, yeah, I already said that. We're all over the place. Um, Colts, speaking of, their lineback- all-pro linebacker, Darius Leonard. You know, he's still, despite of teammates getting it and it being a problem throughout the league, he still wants more information. What more information do you want, brother? <laughs> In terms of whether you should get the vaccine or not. I don't know. I just don't get it. I need more information. Either you don't want to do it, and that's a whole other conversation, but I mean, you need more information before you need to be convinced. Well, hopefully you don't get sick in your quest for more answers. Really all you can say about that. You know, there's all kinds, you know, I see that the World Series of Poker are saying if you're going to participate, you're going to have to have proof of vaccination status. I don't even I think it even goes beyond just even having a proof of a negative test for what they want for that. But, you know, it's back to the NFL. We saw that you know, Mr. Sue and Damakun has been added to the, the league's health and safety protocol. I'm not sure if he's tested positive or it's a contract hit. You know, you never know what these things as far as HIPAA and the amount of information people are gonna let out. They're saying Wentz has come off the list as is Dallas CC I mean C D Lamb, excuse me, which I didn't even know he was on the list. It's just just the things are just happening so quickly. And I mentioned the Red Sox, you know, that we had that earlier, you know, nine players, one of their shortstops actually got pulled from a game, which always begs the question. Their shortstop, Xander uh Bogarts, I'm probably pronounced that wrong, you know, something that's Common on this podcast, the butcher. Somebody should send the pronunciation chart. Anyway, he got pulled from a game, and it always makes me wonder: How do you not have these results before they take the field? I mean, you know, have have a situation where it gets tested, and with rapid testing, you should basically know that it shouldn't be a situation where we're in the game. Oh my God, he's we have a positive hit here. Get him out of here. I mean, he's already been exposed to people. I have not understood why that continues to be the case, especially in baseball. Just, you know. You know, the Mets, with uh, their one of their pitchers has been trying to get back to the bigs after ha- rehabbing on one of his rehab stents. Noah Snedergaard tested positive. So that's a big problem. We saw in the world of soccer, we, got a pro- we had a major issue with, as I told you about Christian Pulisic getting it, Captain America. Yeah, they said he wasn't feeling symptoms, but obviously he still had to do additional training and he wasn't able to make the trip to uh, El Salvador last night. We really could have used him. So once again, wreaking havoc, causing all kinds of problems logistically. And yeah, I, I you know, when I think about, you know, the forfeit rule, like I said, we'll see how it's enforced. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. Yeah, we're headed towards a very interesting fall. I think one of the things people should check out is ESPN's piece 
about um, Clemson's Justin Foster, defensive stalwart Justin um, Foster. Talks about the long-haul symptoms that he's been having to deal with as far as, you know, he had COVID-19 last year, and I definitely can relate to having long-haul hauler symptoms. But some of the things that he's been facing trying to get back on the field gives you some insight with what these guys will be facing. Kind of a drag for those who are putting others at risk. But like I said, that's a conversation for somebody else's podcast. All right, we'll be back with the 43KV on the other side. Alrighty, welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 3, Number 67, number 67 overall. Uh, before we get our cool sunglasses, maybe not so many adult beverages. We had too many adult beverages on the table. Spent uh, Friday kind of licking our wounds. Woo, quite a night. Had fun, but not having fun right now, so I think we'll just stick with the caffeine. Tell you that there's a lot going on right now. I'm kind of sitting here in the command post watching number 10 North Carolina trailing Virginia Tech 17 7. Yeah, uh, a lot of big action over on MLS right now. To know LAFC's playing, so I am trying to get this podcast or as much of it done before LAFC starts. Be that. Busy with that in the next hour or so. Nashville and New York City FC, both playing with 10 men in the second half just started. Nashville 2, New York City 0, kind of a shocker, but Nashville's pretty tough at home. The Revs are holding on to a slim 1-0 lead. The dumpster fire, that's the Houston Dynamo, they're trailing 2-0 at home to Portland. Like I said, you have LAFC a little bit later, so that's what's kind of going on. Kind of tracking these things. Got the Carolina game on the big screen, and then back in the back in the studio B, got a lot of soccer going on. So be keeping you abreast of things as it happens tonight. Okay. So anyways, let's pack up. Let's get our cool sunglasses on. As the sun did come out for a bit, let's take our fixed gear bikes. We'll be cruising the campus. Big college football weekend. It's no longer week zero. It is week one. So we're going to be tailgating, going to be at the stadiums, going to be at the bars, going to be getting our grub on, going to be having our parents weekend. Okay, 43,000 foot view above campus. So let's start out with, I think I told you a few weeks ago about Louisville Hoops coach Chris Mack being involved in this extortion case. Well, I guess this university's going to suspend him for six games. And I'm sitting there like going, man, you know, with extortion, and I've told you about what's going on at my alma mater, Cal State Northridge, with Mark Gottfried basically being on leave for some of his past misdeeds. <sighs> you know, as we're moving into a more big money type of enterprise, I just think these schools just cut bait. You know, you're making so much money. It's not the most ethical thing, but you know, and there's a lot wrong with it. But just write a check and just and just distance yourself. I mean, I just think there's too many positive things and many opportunities and good stories to you know have these kind of guys around chaining your program. It's just made. 
So the Big 12 obviously reeling after the departures of the University of Texas and, uh, and the University of Oklahoma. They are trying to seek balance. People have been wondering. You know, we talked last week about the alliance that the ACC, Big 10, and Pacific 12 are working on. Well, it looks like Big 12 is going to try to save face by inviting BYU, Central Florida, Cincinnati, and Houston. Not bad. I mean, it makes it keeps this conference viable, but not really. But I think that's the best they could do. Um, you couldn't gear. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's still a solid co- uh, conference. I mean, you know, I it'd be you know, at BYU, Central Florida, who, who obviously had a wild one last night. You know, th- those schools who've been sort of Houston sort of been you know chomping around the edges as far as relevancy goes. So. It's not a it's not a, a loss, but I don't know if it's a major win. But I think it's adequate as far as what I can tell. We'll have some more analysis once we get more data. Mountain West is the latest conference to get on the forfeit train. You know, once again, you know, you can't, you're in a situation, and I think some schools may be a little bit more flexible. That's what the transfer portal is for. If you can't come to terms with being vaccinated, you know, we've had a year to get this together. So I like the conferences are basically saying, you know, we're not going to be, we're not going to bend the rules. But once again, as we've said many times on the show repeatedly, what the hell happens when you get a big time? We're talking about, you know, a, a college football playoff school, whether it's, Ohio State, Clemson, obviously Alabama. We'll see how much we follow the rules should that happen. But then again, as we've talked about schools like Bama, they've made it a point that everybody get your ass vaccinated so this doesn't become a problem through, through the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Ivy League is that, you know, it's a conference, as many you're going to start seeing more of. You know, right? They've been pretty cautious all along. And I don't think this move really comes as a surprise, but they've issued a mandate basically saying that you have to have a COVID 19 vaccination to be able to play sports in the Ivy League. Simple as that. Or take advantage of the transfer portal and find some place that will accommodate you. So we did have a little bit of a week zero. Right, it was good to see the games on. I'm appreciative now. Still hasn't quite, I haven't quite settled in yet. I think there's some other reasons why that may be, but yeah, big weekend tomorrow. I mean, obviously you can you get you're starting to feel it here in Eugene. Ducks playing Fresno State, 11 o'clock kickoff tomorrow morning. That should be pretty interesting. Looking forward to that. Um, you can see people you know, town. There's just a certain buzz that's starting to pick up. Anyhow, but week zero, we had UCLA won pretty big. Uh, Hawaii came to the Rose Bowl. Good to see Chip start out on a positive note. See how that carries over tomorrow as LSU also comes to the Rose Bowl. Big showdown there. Looking forward to seeing that. Speaking of Fresno, they won pretty big. Took care of Connecticut. Not shocker there, but maybe Fresno is going to give Oregon... All I can handle tomorrow remains to be seen. San Jose State, who quietly under the radar, has become a pretty solid program. I don't know how they keep it going up there at Jose, but they do. They had a pretty impressive win. 
Moving on to now week one, we know that Tulane and OU had to be moved because, as you saw, the destruction that Ida has done, whether it's in Louisiana and the Gulf Coast, all the way up into the northeast, the eastern seaboard. Some of the flooding scenes there are pretty scary and spooky stuff, no doubt. Uh, look at the hummingbird, all cranky. Knows that the feeder's getting low, and it's looking at me like, yo, man, hook, hook, hook us up with the grub. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that maybe in between one of the, recording one of these segments. Oh, let's see here. Okay, so week one, what did we see? Well, we saw Ohio State had a slow start. This was last night. Got off to a slow start. I think it was like 14 10 at the half, but got rolling in the second half. They take care of Minnesota. Now, obviously, a, a conference game to open the season. 45-31, Ohio State. We talked about UCF. And, you know, this is a team that has been not jumping around the edges, but because they're not really in a, a conference which allows them the chance to be relevant. And I'll get into, you know, one of those at-large games, and that's why I think getting into the Big 12 helps them. You know, I was watching the TV, kind of in and out. I said it was a wild night. And Boise was taking it to him. I was just like, okay, no need to really watch there. But I got off the carpet. They were down at 21 at one point. They come back, beat Boise, 36-31. Pretty impressive win for UCF. Gus Malzahn, off to a flying start. They find themselves a conference. Very good week for uh, UCF. You know, the darling from last year that you always keep an eye on, still Coastal Carolina, opens that season. Slapping the you know what out of Citadel was it like 51 14? A couple of Pac 12 teams opened their season last night with a 24 Utah taking out Weber, Weber State 40 to 14, and number 25 ASU taking out Southern Utah. A tough week for Southern Utah, a little exposure. And then I think the shocker last night would be 22 point underdog. FCS school, UC Davis, right up the road from where I grew up, getting the big upset win over Tulsa in 1917. So that's what's kind of going on thus far. Obviously, we'll have a lot more to talk about as far as week one goes when we reconvene next week for you know episode four of season three. Also, finding out that an incoming quarterback at Ohio State has already signed an NIL deal of 1.4 million, and I say, what the hell are we doing here allowing this sort of thing to happen at these schools? I mean, I know there's a lot of back and forth, but I just cannot see this being a good thing and some of the deals that are being made. It's almost like kind of a shady stuff that used to go on under, under the table can now, and the rich are just getting richer. I don't know. I mean, we talked about St. Nick's comments. And, you know, if you find a way to subsidize, you know, the little brothers and sisters of the world, okay, you know, I, I, I guess I can live with it, but I'll always find something unsettling, and I just know it can't be healthy in the long run. I mean, I, don't know, I, mean, I think that we just have to tear the whole system apart and come up with something better that allows these people to get paid un, in a different way that's not affiliated with higher ed. Just to me, there's just something that really stinks about all this. Okay, enough of that ranting. But I can't tell you that, you know, Mel Kuyper, yes, that Mel Kuyper Jr., he came up with a list of five people we should be watching as we move now deep into the call. Well, we're kicking off the call season, but once we start getting deep into the season. So 
He says that number one, this is you know obviously something that has a lot of relevance here in Eugene, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. He's definitely going to be a high draft pick, the defensive end, Oregon. So like I said, looking forward to watching him on the tube tomorrow. You've got another exciting guy at number two in Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from Oklahoma. Number three, cornerback from uh, LSU, Derek Stingley Jr. Or Der- yeah, Derek Stingley Jr., Number four, an offensive tackle from Alabama. Big surprise there. You'd think there'd be more Bama guys, but hey, since they did draft pretty much the whole team last year, give it a year, and we'll see what happens. Number five, you've got Camel, Kyle Hamilton, a safety from Notre Dame. These are the people that we need to be keeping an eye on the first five or six weeks as we look, you know, for prospective award winners and teams who are going to lead them their squad. I mean, players that are going to lead their squads to the college football playoff. All right, folks. Off to a roll here as we as we zoom towards a nice night of fish at Dick's and LAFC Sporting Kansas City. So yeah, we're trying to crank this podcast out as quickly as we can. All right, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Strutting in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 3, 67 overall. Faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Watching Virginia Tech holding on to a narrow 17-10 lead, 30 seconds to play. Got Michigan State and Northwestern to follow. So happy to have college ball back. So, let's move into something you should probably know. Or just a window into things you might want to know about when it comes to the world of sports for the week ending Friday, September 3rd. Well, well, well. We get to talk about that man again. Mr. DeChambeau! Mr. Bryson, 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 Bryson himself. Yeah, that Bryson. Interesting week for Bryson. So, when we last talked, he had carded a 60. Mind you, and he missed a six footer for 59 on 18, which can make you wonder about that guy in terms of, I mean, the course was, you know. Anyway, great weekend of golf. Pim and Patrick Cantley ended up in a six hole playoff. I mean, they ended up like 2,700 par, so you know they were just assailing the course. Looks like Virginia Tech's going to come in with the win. And uh, I guess, you know, Bryson. Really started to come apart afterwards about all the, you know, the Legion of Brooks fans who have cat calls, you know, kind of personally, basically the PGA having to come out and say that if you are caught making cat calls, you know, heckling players, you know, I don't know where that was at in the days of Calvin Pete and Tiger, Tiger was coming up, that you can be ejected from the grounds. Come, you know, so the question really arouses itself. You know, you you and Brooksy kind of manufactured this little feud, and now they get heat, you know, and now we get into tough competitions, and Brooksy's got a legion of, you know, belligerent fans. You're kind of wilting, kind of being a little bee and whiny. 
You know, you're not winning too many people over Bryson in this regard. I didn't think you need to suck this thing up and not cry so much and just prove it. Like by draining that, right? Draining that putt and shooting a 59 and making, you know, history in, in the headlines. Instead of, I mean, 60 is a great score, but 59 is a hell of a lot better. I mean, that one stroke, you know, pretty legendary stuff, especially if we're talking FedEx uh, playoffs here. So. Okay, Virginia Tech has their in victory formation as the clock is reaching 0 0. Mac Brown doesn't look too happy. I don't blame him. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I, I definitely think Bryson needs to suck it up. Stop being a little baby. That's kind of interesting to see that Kurt Bush is going to join Jordan's 23X racing team, which. Uh, led to an interesting conversation with some of my close uh, contacts to give me all the data that I need to stay abreast with what's going on in the world of NASCAR and motorsports in general. And yeah, they're looking at they're looking at uh, Bubba and just like saying, you know, you know, more activist than actual driver. And we need to get somebody in here we can compete. It's what that says to them. And I kind of agree. I kind of agree. They're just like saying, you know, that's, that's it, it was it was great for the pub when, when we signed you, but we're not getting the results. So I think Hamlet and Jordan looked around and probably said, yeah, Kurt, you know, if we, if we fund Kurt Bush, we could probably get some good mileage. We could probably get some wins possibly. And so, you know, so I think it's kind of interesting to see Kurt Bush joining Jordan's team. And Bubba, after all that conversation, well, we're not hearing much about you that and plenty about Lawson, who you almost got on the circuit, even though you two have had a love fest and have buried the hatchet, so to speak. I don't know. Um, speaking of motorsports, what was with this mockery in the Belgian Grand Prix? You know, Max V, Mr. Verstappen, winning the, the, the race without even racing a single lap? I mean, Lewis Hamilton and others just calling it a travesty that they had the teams come out there for, I don't know, not even a half a lap so points could be awarded because of the, the weather conditions. The fans really got screwed over in that. It's a really ugly situation, you know, kind of Mickey Mouse in this day and age and a lot of bad feelings, and I'm sure that's going to continue the ill will between Max V and Lewis Hamilton, you know, the, the, the champ. Interesting stuff going on with that. We know that Giga C... Yeah, Chikadase wins the main event. I know I pronounced that wrong. I say I always get the UFC names wrong. You know, somebody has to like tell me. Well, how the, the, give me a pronunciation chart. Ftinfx at gmail.com. <laughs> he wins the main event at UFC Fight Night, the third round TKO over Edison Barbosa. This was a, a battle between featherweights. Big deal there. I see in the US Open, you know. Basically, every, you know, with the people who are missing, but along the lines of people who are there, the main upset, my man, Stefanos T, he goes down in five sets to 18-year-old Alex Alacraz. I believe is how you pronounce it. And if not, we're just on the pronunciation chart goes. Maybe we did have too many adult beverages last week. I mean, last night. See, here we go. 
He said, Mr. Jokovic continuing to roll in his quest for Grand Slam glory. You know, looking good there, especially with some of the people uh, not participating. And obviously now, but number three, Stefanos T taking an early break. Well, let's see, what else do we, do we want to go with? You know, let's talk about the Seattle Storm, WNBA. Going to give the ladies a little sh sunshine. Well, there's not much sunshine for the storm. It's actually a pretty hardcore storm brewing over there. They've dropped three in a row after, you know, winning the Congressional Cup. I think it was what it was called. And uh, they've dropped three in a row, had their worst loss ever. I mean, it's like 29, 32 points. And some of it's fatigue coming from the Olympics. Some of it's apathy. But it's kind of interesting to see. You know, the the team's uh, flagship franchise go through a little rocky patch right now. Keep an eye on that for sure. And then we have Max Kellerman, like we talked about previously, weeks, finally calling it a career with first take. Apparently, the acrimony between him and Stephen A. Smith got to the point, and as I've said before, you know, Max and his boxing pursuits and other things. I just thought it was kind of interesting um, the number of op pieces sort of trying to dissect what went wrong, you know. And Stephen A. Smith's power grab at ESPN continues, you know, and he becomes untouchable. And basically, you know, right, Max kicked off the show. I think, and a lot of people would just say, you know, Stephen couldn't handle that Max is smarter and more woke than even he is. Whatever the case may be, I definitely um, having a, having a pedal of guesses, which is what I what I was envisioning, and which would allow a little bit more flexibility. And for that program's sake, kind of focus on the on the games and the personalize itself, and kind of get away from the politics, right? You know, because there definitely was something when it comes to Max where he has to be a little bit more woke than everybody else, and, and almost in a belittling way that, that the rest of us don't have a conscience. And it's another one of those people that you get irritated with because they feel that, you know, you're not smart enough to understand all the injustice or perceived injustices that are going on in the world. I know that's by 37 seconds. I mean, better than Rachel, who's about to be, you know, blackballed into oblivion. At least Max has a future. He was smart enough to keep his foot out of his mouth and handle it civilly. Unlike Rachel, unlike Bob Golick, you know, people that got, you know, <laughs> told that now, man, it's time for you to find uh, work elsewhere. All right, folks, we got a meaty, beautiful game life segment, as it tends to be this time of year, especially this time of year on the other end. So we will be back with some cool stuff. See you then. Welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole. Season 3, Episode 3. Sitting over here watching Michigan State Northwestern. 
941st quarter. Spartan having a 7-0 lead on the road. Keep an eye on that. So, okay, let's talk some beautiful game live. And as always, at the end of the transfer window, or as we've been calling it all summer, the madness season, it finally came to an end. And I don't know about you, especially if you follow football proper, or soccer, or football, whatever the hell you call it. I'm pretty exhausted after this one. Every year, it's been getting worse. And I know when you support a high-profile club like Paris Saint-Germain, like I do, that's going to be the case, especially given how aggressive the PSG project is when it comes to um, going after big-name big talent. So, what I can say about, you know, that, this, you know, that this just the whole window being over, it's just the, the level of insanity, the level of media outlets uh, just shamelessly trying for clicks. Carino, just, and I'm always complaining, there'll be more complimentary bulls handed out this week. You know it. Just, and just really, if you're a fan, if you are on the if you're on the winning side and you got the targets that were desired, or something that was you were surprised about, or something that you're very disappointed about that didn't happen, and there was a lot of that this past week as the window closed at the end of August, the thirty first, at midnight in European time. So let's start out with the big shocker. Well, I don't know if it's the biggest shocker, but we'll start out with CR seven. You know, there had been speculation, you know, that he wanted out of Juventus, and there was a deal that they thought was in place, you know, that they didn't get a, if Manchester City didn't get a Harry Kane, the CR7 would end up with Manchester City. And of course, the word from the hardcore Manchester City people said, hey, dude, you wore a United shirt. If you're a Red Devil, you don't wear, ever put on a, a, a City jersey. And just like that, Manchester United became in the running, and that's where he ends up signing. And forget what the numbers are. I don't think it's relevant at this point. You know, basically able to force his way out. S and Cavani's going to kindly give up number seven and now wear 21 as he does, you know, with the Uruguayan national team. Uh, big move. I mean, just like Messi going to PSG, these guys still have a lot of good football left in them and the ability to entice people, someone like a Paul Pogba to stay and maybe others to join them at Old Trafford, I think that's an interesting prospect. And I think that uh, Manchester, you know, maintain its place among the big elites of European football. I think they score a big hit here. And automatically, you know, if you can get two to three years out of CR7, now, it's obviously going to be a treat to be able to watch CR7 on a regular basis on NBC. And NBC is, you know, giddy. You know, how cannot the two Robies and Lady Lowe and Tim Howard not be ecstatic that you get to add this guy to the mix, one of the best footballers of this era, just like with the same thing with Paris. You know, League One, obviously box office stuff. Cool stuff. The other big story, the Mbappe file. Well, after so much wrangling and haggling, and you know me as a PSG fan, I followed this stuff way closer than I wanted to. Probably gave me an ulcer. After all the wrangling, I don't think 
Real Madrid had the money to make the you know, the bids. I think they wanted to you know have a show of force to let Killian know. And I think that, you know as we've talked about previous that you know Killian's two ambitions were a to play for you know his 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 childhood team and then ultimately play for Real Madrid. And so Madrid, they know that at some point he wants to be uh, with Los Blancos. The thing is, PSG says it doesn't have to be now. You're only 22. I know. Turning down a two hundred million dollar bid, I don't think it was there. But people were gonna crumb on PSG either way, you know, ruining football. But I was like, for somebody who could be free in a year, and maybe they work out something in the winter. I don't know. He says he would never leave PSG on a free, and PSG says they won't sell, let him go on a free. But he will be able to go on a free come June thirtieth next year if something isn't done to extend him. My hope is that he plays with Messi a few more games, and we'll get to that in a minute. The Halan file, Mr. Halan. Well, he was talked if Mbappe was indeed leaving, that him or Lewa, Mr. Lewandowski, might make the move to PSG. I mean, it's just all sorts of nutty stuff, and it sort of just, you know, undercut some of the other big moves that, fuck, that happened. And like, you know, Mr. Griezmann going back to Atletico Madrid, as the Barcelona experiment it, with him doesn't work out. I'm sure that Mr. Simi, Mr. Simeone, the man in black, is really happy to get Mr. Griezmann back. I think that's good. Don't be surprised if a certain MLS guy somehow finds his way over there to help him out. Could happen. That was really cool as far as Americans are concerned. See Matthew Hoppe, the much as we've been talking about for him for him for quite a while and enjoying watching his trajectory. Good to see that he'll be in La Liga playing with the team that, oh gosh, is it uh, Twilight? Who owns that team? Uh, I know the one guy that used to be on, you know, Kyle. I think Tyler Twelman has a piece too. I mean, some of these guys, but that team in, in La Liga, he's going to be playing there. I think it's cool. I also think it's cool, but it's kind of sad for us folks at LAFC that it's finally happened that one of the, you know, rising stars, Diego Rossi, Right, that Diego Rossi, as we always say, Diego, Diego Rossi, doing that goal thing again. Scored the first ever LAFC goal. Golden boot winner a year ago. But yes, he's going to Fibonacci. Super League Turkey. Loan, which will probably be a sell. Really sad to see, you know, the big, that, that team, you know, and he's a, a cornerstone. Starting to see that fade away, but good move for him. It's about it's about time. As far as on the pitch, let's talk about uh, the Premier League. Fantastic match with Chelsea and Liverpool. Both team, Chelsea goes down to 10 men, somehow manages to have a 1-1 draw at Anfield. Cool. The Spurs make it two in a row. City destroys Arsenal 5-0. Don't know what the hell is going on with the Gunners. Cronky, you gotta ask. I mean, what the heck? I mean, they just look so clueless. Hold on one second. Okay. But yeah, Cronky, what the heck is going on? You wanna give yourself a laugh on any given uh football match day, especially when Arsenal's playing. Just go read the salty comments of their supporters. Uh, yeah. Arsenal Twitter, boy, it's a salty salty place. Give you a heart, hypertension, you know, just on contact, but not not looking good there. 
the, the aforementioned United soon to be having CR7 after international break. They beat the Wolves 1-0. Syria, he had Inter taking care of Hellas Verona 3-1. The Rossinori, still looking good. I thought it was kind of interesting when Roma got a big win and seeing the chosen one, Jose Mourinho, celebrating with a large pizza to his head. He's like, screw all you. This is, this is for me. Yeah, this is Instagram post and seeing him, you know, I'm like going, yeah, okay. Gonna spend some time in the gym working that one off. You see that shell shocked Juventus now that they do not have CR7 and they do not have Mario Accardi yet. They take a 1 0 loss in the Bundesliga. We see that the VBB on some late heroics by the aforementioned Mr. Helan beat Hofferheim 3 2. Lewa keeps his scoring madness going as Bayern runs Earth of Berlin out of the building. Leipzig falls at Wolfsburg. Over in League One, we had Leon finally getting his act together and beating Nantes. But the big news was the messy era beginning with a game on the road at, at Rhymes. Um, when he took the pitch... It, you know, it was electric. Uh, really rock star stuff. It's good for League One. Of course, you know, I told you how League One had a black eye with the incident with Marseille and Nice. But this was kind of cool. And, of course, Messi getting on the pitch, really getting a good introduction to French football as far as getting roughed up and kind of seeing what the Neymars and Mbappes and other big talents endure on a weekly basis. As we know, the French refs just say, I don't care if you're a star. You know, speed and roughhousing or, you know, effery, as people like to call it. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought it was really cool to see people paying attention to League One. You know, incredible ratings globally, in spite of people on Comcast and DirecTV not having deals with BN Sports. It's just another one of those WTFs. But, hey, we all find ways to watch the game. We'll just leave it at that. But, yeah, it was quite the spectacle. <clears throat> La Liga, Barca still, you know, living on past Messi, gets another win over Atafe. Atletico Madrid and Villarreal tied 2 2. They'll be happy with, to see Mr. Griezmann in Real Madrid. Maybe, you know, anticipating the arrival of, of Mbappe that didn't happen. They have a 1 1 draw with Real Betis, and Sevilla and Elche are also 1 1. I also tell you, as far as the international break is concerned, CR7 becomes the all-time leading international scorer. Nets, he nets a brace. As Portugal defeats Ireland 2-1. France struggles continue after, you know, their struggles of the Euros. You know, this is defending World Cup champions. But they struggle with a 1-1 draw with Bosnia-Herzegovina. England breezes by Hungary. Holland Shines, but ne the Netherlands and Norway have a 1-1 draw. Brazil beats Chile 1-0. Okay, and the shocker, uh, last night, only got to see the second half of it, but uh, told you earlier about Mr. Pulisic not being able to participate because he's still recovering from COVID-19. USA and El Salvador point to a 0-0 tie. They pick up a point, always tough on the road, but this team after having success in the summer, is going to have to get it done on foreign soil, and it still hasn't yet got over that hurdle. But as I've said all along, people will still need to be patient. 
this team, this project's going in the right direction, but people have to be aware there are going to be some rough days ahead. And last night was one of those. Not quite the result everybody wanted. Canada and Honduras 1-1. Mexico, Jamaica 2-1. Over on the MLS side of things, we see that Mark Dan Santos is out in Vancouver. I mean, the, even though the Caps have recently had an eight-game unbeaten streak, truth is they only have five wins, so clearly not enough progress to keep Mr. DeSantos around in Vancouver with the Whitecaps. Get a feeling he'll land on his feet. He'll be all right. As far as on the pitch itself, well, the crew say hell is real and, and, as, and a win over FCC. That was a great match. El Trafico, once again, I think El Trafico 12 or 13, whichever it won. Carson and LAFC played to a 3-3, which Carson acted like it was more of a victory, and the salty LAFC fan base definitely treated it as a loss that it was. Should have been able to put the three points away, but LAFC's season of doubt continues. As I said, Diego Rossi now gone. Brian Rodriguez, who finally, after waiting forever for this kid to break out, had a spectacular goal. Might have been one of the goals of the year at MLS, but now he's in international duty. They play Sporting Kansas City at a serious disadvantage tonight. Really some head-scratching as LAFC goes through its first rough patch. I was watching John Thornton and Bob Bradley, their pressers yesterday, and you can definitely see the pressure. They're not used to not having this level of success over at the Bank of California. You know, but it's bound to happen. Every team's going to go through this, especially given the weird salary rules and what you have to do to being competitive and also turn a profit in MLS. This is the way it goes. Um, let's see here. What else? Well, the Revs had, was shot, you know, lost to Nashville City. Not a surprise. Nashville City's deal. Well, no, they lost to New York City. Nashville lost to Atlanta. Sporting Kansas City and Colorado, a team you better be keeping an eye on. The Rapids really moving up in the power ratings. The, uh, you had FC Dallas taking care of Atlanta. Ran them out of the building, but Atlanta scored a couple of goals to make it look respectable, 5-3. Portland got its revenge on Seattle as they go up to Lumen Field and get a 2-0 win. And let's see what's going on right now. As I told you, LAFC is coming up a little bit later. Uh, let me scroll down here. So Nashville and New York City, as I said earlier, they're both down to 10 men. Nashville gets a 3-1 lead. This is a very impressive squad, people. Keep an eye on them as we creep closer to the playoffs. And another matchup heavyweights, Philadelphia, which, which was down to 10 men after the 59th minute. They take out the Union, 1-0. And in the 78th minute, Portland is still ahead of the dumpster fire that's Houston. So that's what's going on in the world of MLS. And that kind of wraps up what's going on in the beautiful game life. Well, let me see here. Maybe make sure here. Yeah, that's where all my bullet points count. And this was a long segment. Okay. And by the way, Michigan State scored again. So with 5.09 in the second quarter, it is Michigan State 14, Northwestern 0. We will be back on the other side as I get closer to setting up for the fish legs. Woo! Welcome back to Fox Try to Get a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 3, number 67 overall. Let's take a look at some, you know, our night full of diamonds. We're hopping on our Samboni. 
and I ride around the rink. If there's anything going on there. And you know what? Just because it's the slow season, we'll probably pack the NBA and just make this an extended segment. Just give an overview of what's going on in those worlds. So let's see here. What's going on? And before I get into that actual details, more COVID stuff. And I'm just finding out here, just sort of like scouring the uh, web for you know any last minute details they didn't include earlier. I see that the Cubs have added two more people to their COVID list. I see that the Red Sox have another player. This is like the ninth player in a week. Like I said, I didn't catch that earlier, but I have it now that there's nine people. So, you know, once again, you know, I don't know where we're at, you know, about the 85% rule or just, you know, a lot of people, breakaway cases. You're not going to get that data, unfortunately, but it is really spooky when you start sitting there thinking that a team like the Red Sox, and I'm sure they've got all kinds of protocols in place that you would have nine players in one week. Cubs having, you know, continuing to have issues. So, yeah. Anyway, crazy stuff off that going on there. COVID still on the Peloton, in the stadiums, in the clubhouse, in the concession stand, in the training room. So, the other big story or the ongoing story happens to be Mr. Bauer. His leave of absence has been extended again for the eighth time. There is starting to be some word around the league that he may draw anywhere from a year to two-year suspension for sexual misconduct, which always leads me to say, you boys, getting your freak on. Dude, I mean, this may be a situation where a homie has to forfeit $48 million and have so much stink on his doo-doo that nobody wants to get near him. And it's like... I mean, whatever your uh, persuasion may be, everybody likes, you know, to have a little play or get a little freaky deaky. But as I always say again and again and again, you are not supposed to friggin' put your career on the line, you know, for a little bit of that spicy licey. You know, well, a mess, a year, a two. You know, and the Do- which should have been, you know, a great time with the Dodgers was building a little bit of a rapport. And now nobody knows what to think. Is this guy a dirtbag? Is he got some vengeful, you know, set of women? I don't know. But it sounds to me like he's kind of a dirtbag. And if MLB is looking into it and they want to come down that hard, you know, as they say, if there's smoke, there's usually some fire coming. Okay. Um, you know, the, the two way threat that just continues to impress and amaze is Mr. Otani. Once again, shocking that, you know, he's joined the 4020 club. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, that's 40 home runs and 20 steals. So theoretically he could also make the 3030 club if he can somehow swipe uh, I think at this point now, maybe eight more bases. Who knows? I mean, this, the guy's going to have some of the, the most ridiculous numbers ever. Like I said, Babe Ruth my butt. Babe Ruth my ass. Impressive. You know, we are really um, blessed to be able to see this two-way sensation. Now, I mean, and hopefully, if you all get a chance, I know that time is hard with so many Great things to choose from, you know, now that football's back, but definitely give 
this guy a chance if he pops up, you know, on ESPN or the MLB Network. Uh, that was kind of interesting, you know, interesting week when it comes to the Dodgers. But let's go to the power rankings first. When the power rankings came out of the week, it was San Francisco still at one, the Dodgers two, the Rays three, Astros four, and the Yankees five. Good to see the Yankees after their struggles. They could have moved up, but I think it's going to be different. Well, first, the Dodgers dropped two or three to Colorado after having a great series the previous weekend when we were last talking. But then they come back and sweep the Braves, and along the way, retake the NLS lead. So we're setting up a big showdown this weekend as the Giants and Dodgers play. Definitely be talking about that all weekend. Gee, was one more thing I have to figure out a way to get tuned in on this night of everything. Great world we're living in. Um... Yeah, so I think that's what's going on as far as that goes. I can also tell you that the NHL and uh, the International uh, Ice Hockey Federation, they've struck a deal to allow players to participate in next year's Winter Olympics in China. As we were telling you a few weeks ago, that could possibly be in doubt. Well, that is now a go, which is a cool thing. The deal has provisions that will allow the NHL to pull out if COVID still is an issue or becomes more of an issue as far as the Delta or any other variant that may crop up between now and then when the Winter Olympics come next winter. Well, this winter, 2022. Okay, let's talk a little NBA here. Like I said, we're just going to compress these segments, move on, because we're getting closer and closer to the fish show and don't want to have that start while I'm in mid-segment. Uh, anyway, so... What's going on in the hardwood? Well, we can tell you that playoff Rondo returns to the Lakers. And it's like people are asking, what the hell is LaRob doing? You know, it makes me think of the, the, the days where, you know, LeBron, at first it started out with Shaq and, you know, bringing the old folks to the L.A. Lakers, which was good for a while, and then they broke down when it happened as the long run of a season will do. In fact, to me, it's almost like the template why you have to have a mix of young and old, especially in, you know, today's NBA. I mean, look at 2004. But yeah, having those vets was great. And when they were healthy, they were the best team in the league. But once Carl Ballone's back, you know, it felt like a PL had been dropped on it. And now I see that you're going to get Rondo, who's a year older. It's a really old team, people. And, of course, then you have DeAndre Jordan, who was traded from Brooklyn, or who was supposedly traded to Brooklyn the Pistons, and somehow I, I, I just was reading he signed with the Lakers. So I don't know if he was traded to Detroit, there was a buyout, or it didn't go down, but somehow I hear that DeAndre Jordan is, is signed with the Lakers. Another one of those, like, okay, LaRob, if that's what you think is going to help. Excuse me. I hear that Marcus Aldridge is coming out of retirement. I think he's gonna if once he's got the clean bill of health, he's gonna he wants to return to the Nets. Won't make the folks at Portland happy as they were hoping he would come back and play in the Rose City. Then we have the whole thing with Ben Simmons apparently that yes he was gonna work on his game, but everybody tells me he's got a really belligerent attitude. Which makes you wonder, is this a ploy to wiggle his way out of Philadelphia and go to L.A. like he want, like everybody else wants to? Is that trade imminent? 
And do we believe Joel Embiid when he claims to have a good relationship with Ben and likes playing a song alongside with him? Well, I do think that the bad attitude that he's probably displaying right now is a ploy to get out of Philadelphia. I do believe he wouldn't mind playing with a team like the Lakers or the 76ers or the Warriors. I mean, who doesn't want to be on the West Coast? Duh. So, yeah, I think all of those are true. I do not believe Embiid when he says it. I think Embiid knows he's soft. So, he's softer than Cottonelle, as they say, and probably knows that when it comes down to it, the dude has no money in terms of can you get us over the hump to the next level. Now, he's saying the right things. You know, you don't want to necessarily humiliate the guy, but I do not believe for two seconds. Nor do I believe this whole thing with Money Green and KD all of a sudden having a love fest. You know, hey, we reconnected and I know he's my brother, he has my back. Well, all this bullshit wouldn't have happened and you guys could have put your true mark of the history books. So I don't want to hear it. The same thing with Shaq and Kobe. It's just like, don't be sitting there playing kissy face now when your nonsense cost. Okay. Then we have the clutch controversy, as you can hear fish tuning up in the background. Uh, that means we're going to cut this segment here real fast. How about the clutch controversy? You know, LeBron's boys. Anyways, we'll get back to that. Anyways, because the music's on, I'll be back a little bit with the NFL report. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to Fox Strike in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 3, Number 67 overall. A lot going on. So, yeah, kind of cut that last segment kind of abruptly as the uh, fish show from Dick's Sporting Goods Park, Night 1, New Webcast is going on, Dodgers and Giants going on, LAFC, Sporting Kansas City. So, you can imagine I'm multicasting and chatting with folks and Hope I didn't cut that segment too abruptly. If you have any feedback, ftinfx at gmail.com. can tell you that LAFC is up 2-0 in the 70th minute. Sporting Kansas City's down a man now after a really bad challenge on GGO. Well, I probably said that wrong, but it's just that kind of night. Mr. Orango. And uh, yeah, you're red. So LAFC is up 2-0. Mr. Fall with a brace. Dodgers are trailing 1-0, and LAFC scores again. Oh, my, my, my. Speaking of Mr. Arango, and the 32-52 is absolutely beside themselves. Beautiful scene on TUDN or on Twitter right now, but of course you won't hear this, and the game will be over by the time I upload this. But yeah, you have ESPN Plus, watch the replay. A lot of exciting stuff there. Uh, Mississaki gets bounced from the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, hope she goes to her presser. I'm sure there'll be some conversation one way or the other. Um, actually threw a racket and discussed. May have to, like, you know, t 
talk to the folks on the board. You know, call them a late call them the Falgry. We shall see here momentarily. Okay, let's get to the NFL report because I know set break isn't going to be that long and Fish will be back on the stage and, you know. So we know a couple of RIPs, unfortunately, to start out this segment as far as the NFL report is concerned. Box Keith McCants passes away at 53. Circumstances don't sound too good. And if you saw the documentary broke, he was one of the more, you know, Billy Corbin's was one of the more colorful figures in that documentary. Um, you know, had some hard times afterwards, but uh, nonetheless, obviously, Pat's David, the Patriots' David Patton passes away, 47, motorcycle accident. Uh, scored the only touchdown in the Pats' first win. Sparrow's early uh, Brady Belichick teams, a definite fan favorite. Um, you know, condolences go out to McCants and Patton. Family, fans of both of those teams. Kind of sucky way to start the segment off, but these things do happen. Man, what do you think about this extended break before the regular season starts? Who thought of this? You know, we watched the last preseason games, the college starting off, and maybe it's cool that they don't steal each other's thunder. But y'all got to correct this. You can't be giving me no 10 days after the last preseason game. I'm just, I know, I was talking about here. We got NFL this week, and I'm like, well, no, we don't. We have this, like, dead week. I know who thought about it, but I don't think it's a good idea. Maybe I need to call the foundry about that, too, because it's just, it, I, I don't know. I was just really shocked. I was thinking, you know, I was looking at the schedule a few weeks ago. I was thinking, yeah, doesn't, this, doesn't you know, the NFL not start till later in September, but yet the preseason's over in August? Yeah, you all fix that. Couple of guys calling it careers. We got Ma Malcolm Butler. Yeah, that Malcolm Butler who Skip Bayless says, you know, <laughs> well, we just won't go there. He's calling it a career. And so was five-time pro bowler Jarrell Casey of the Titans. Guys, enjoy your retirement. Big story of the week. Patriots cut bait with Cam. People are saying, did he not being vastly to his dismissal? A lot of talk about that this week. Even someone, you know, like one of the coaches, Scott Zolak, coming out and saying rap music might be a distraction as far as getting Cam too hyperactive. All nonsense. Come on, people. Stop it. Stop looking for clicks. Truth be told, Bill's no dummy. Um, it's not that um, Cam won't be a team player. That's not the question. I think if you are going to give the keys to Mr. Jones and you feel comfortable letting a rookie take over, you does not need to be looking over and having Cam. It's just too much. It's not fair to either one of them. If Cam's going to catch on and not being vaxxed isn't helping his cause, but I think in this particular case, it just makes more sense to have someone, you know, like, I don't know, Jarrett Stidham or whoever, you know, right? Be the backup, and so be it. You're putting all your eggs in one basket. Not that Cam was really a good fit for what these guys are doing anyways. Going to be curious, you know, this not being vaxxed is not really helping his cause. This, this we definitely know. couple of cuts to talk about, I guess. Well, the Lions cutting Rashad Perryman. Tough world out there. I know. Watching just you know what's happening with all the teams. Uh, same thing with T-Law as far as Mr. Jones in New England. Carter, uh, Mr. Minshaw III is traded to Philadelphia for a six-round pick. If you're giving the keys to T-Law, 
As T-Law went 11-12, 139-2 on his final tune-up. Looked very well, so I think Mr. Meyer and company, no need, you know. I mean, there is some sentiment about, uh, you know, Minshaw wanting to compete, but just not going to, you know. You know, wise moves. We'll see if it backfires on them. I don't know how much truth is into this, but apparently Mr. Watson... Yeah, that Mr. Watson, Mr. Deshaun. Well, apparently, his uh, he, he he invoked his no trade clause and nixed the trade to Philly. I wonder what Jalen Hurts thinks about that. If that's true, keep hearing rumors that something big is supposed to happen. Obviously, regular season starts in six days. We'll see. I don't know if we're going to have an NFL preview or not. It seems like we've got all the stuff going on right now. Um, I know that the Texans, speaking of them, they did trade Shaq Lawson to the Jets. Kind of curious as to the hell is going on down there in Houston and what kind of squad they're trying to put. How, how are you going to get free agents up? It's always looking like a dumpster fire over there. In the getting paid department, we can tell you that the Vikings safety Harrison Smith Signs a four-year, $64 million extension. You know what I say to that? Well, we done got paid up in this mofo. Nothing wrong with that. We also see that the Saints are going to go with Jameis Winston, as I as kind of speculated during the NFL report last week. This is actually going to happen. Hopefully, having Mr. Hill looking at him on the sideline holding the clipboard doesn't rattle him. I don't think it is. Jameis is a gang as a is a gunslinger. Just hope that he has spent the year learning from Drew Brees, Sean Payton, doing some films, and he's not a pick machine. If he, you know, cuts down the picks, the Saints could be very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Speaking of the Saints, the Saints-Packers game has been moved from New Orleans, obviously, with the, you know, wave of destruction and just chaos that Ida has left. The game is going to be played in Jacksonville. Uh, now another case for maybe cutting down on the preseason and making it an 18-game season with J.K. Dobbins, the Ravens running back out for the year, knee injury that he sustained last week when they were playing Washington. Obviously not happy about it, you know, as far as some of the regulars, because it was kind of weird how some teams definitely wanted their regulars to get reps and other teams not. You know, you're seeing people like Mahomes out there, but you're not seeing the Dax or, or A-Raj. Very strange how that went. Some teams went that way. In Baltimore's case, with Dobbins getting hurt, Kind of a tough break there, for sure. You know, speaking of, watch Lance and Jimmy G. Are those two going to, like, um, have a platoon system, you know, where you have to prepare for two different sets? doesn't look like Jimmy G is going to get moved yet, at least not before the regular season starts. Shanny has, hasn't tipped his hand as far as who's going to be the guy, or maybe they are going to have two number ones. Can't wait to see how that goes. Kind of curious to see Drew Rosen back out there getting some extended work. Kind of a mixed bag there, but I still have a have a funny feeling this guy's actually going to catch on somewhere. Not going to necessarily be great, but be serviceable. 
What do you think about the experts rating the top quarterbacks in the 2021? Mentioned, you know, about the, the five college people to look for. Well, this is who they think the top quarterbacks are right now. Top six, I believe. Start out with Mahomes. I don't know if we have a problem with that. Rodgers. Well, you know, me and Mike criticism about his overrated. Number three, Wilson. Same story. Before Josh Allen. I mean, I think Josh Allen could be anywhere from two to five. Dak Prescott. I would say five or six is fine. Brady at six. Come on. Dude's in his 40s still winning rings. I mean, it made, you know, Mahomes look really ridiculous when they matched up in a game that really mattered. I know Mahomes was still beat up, but still, just, you know, the clutch throws that Brady made in the playoffs. Nah, man. They say GTFO. Okay. What about Phillip Rivers winning his high school coaching debut? He says he's still in shape in case the Colts need him. That was the team without there. Alabama, I believe it was, got the job done. We'll give you one of these, Phil. Ha, we keep hitting the wrong slider. Good job, Mr. Rivers. Okay, then we have the Nickelodeon telecast returning wild card weekend. I don't know. If I had been a kid, I would have thought it was cheesy and silly, you know, the silly AF thing. But apparently it was popular enough that people are going to want to see it done again. Okay? I mean, if they, the NFL warrants that must have been good, that good. Okay. I'm not going to argue. Okay. TMCA time, people. You know, we get to the end of the week, and it's time to hand out. The stainless steel bowls of smelly varieties for people that are deserving because of their actions merited that. You know, I just was thinking, you know, about what we had to add a couple, and I am going to give one now to the NFL for this ridiculous break in between the last preseason game and week one. Come on now. Complimentary size. I mean, it ain't the end of the world. I think we have to give one to Scott Solak. Mission. Why didn't he get more fire for, for Michigan's? Rap music being a distraction? Come on, man. Give that guy a, a large, you know, stainless spill, uh, stainless steel bowl of the smelly varieties. Absolutely ridiculous. I think the Mets players coming out and sing, you know, that thumbs down gesture to the fans. Are you serious, man? They got called on the carpet on that and had to walk that back. Silly. Come on, man. You know, you can, there's certain levels of abuse that you can take, but you can't, you know, react. You can't be so thin-skinned, you know, and come back with a gesture like that to the paying public. Be a little bit smarter. That's what I would say. Um, Galaxy and LAFC fans, after El Trafico, all trying to be tough guys on Twitter. Complimentary bowl, just one, you know. I'll let the people in the this holiday weekend, I'll let the foundry people, I'll give well, actually two. One for the Galaxy fans and one for the LAFC fans. You know, all this all this bantering and just, you know, puffing out your chest, being keyboard warriors. Enough already. You know, it's good for the rivalry, but it's still kind of silly in my opinion. You know, 3-3 three, 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 three tie. There was, you know, there were some things that Galaxy fans did that I could see why LAFC fans and you know, LAFC fans have been really giving it to them since day one, so... In a way, it's kind of cool, but, you know, let's kind of knock off with the keyboard warrior stuff. I think the Blackhawks give them uh, a stainless steel bull for illegally using facial recognition. Your fans entering the United Center, come on, man. 
And then we've got a big stainless steel bowl of the smelly varieties for Mets GM Zach Scott for pulling a Tony La Russa. Getting all hammered and falling asleep behind the wheel. Dude, we have Uber. We have Lyft. We have all kinds of ways. Hire a driver with the kind of loot you're making be in the Mets gym. I'm sure Mr. Cohen pays quite well. Come on, man. All right, folks. As LAFC looks like it's getting ready to get another victory. Waiting for Fish to take the stage again. We've said in the earlier segments and throughout the night, Delta's still out there, you know, whooping ass and taking names. So continue to be careful, continue to be wise, continue to be safe. Looking forward to first big weekend of college football tomorrow. NFL will be starting by the time we talk next week. Keep it safe, keep it real, keep it tight, and we'll see you all soon. Peace.